focusing on an emerging generation of kings. Let's go real quick to the book of Genesis. And let me just do this before media tell me that I have not sent the list by mid-year uh, of the outline. So we're going to start off this morning from the book of Genesis chapter 2. Um, so let me just ask how you're feeling about this topic. Excited? Give me some more. I love that. Open-minded. <laughs> keep it coming. Keep, keep it coming. Keep it coming. Keep. Tell me. Pardon? Expectant. Hallelujah. No matter what you're expecting, let me just assure you there will be no practical demonstrations. This, this, I can, I can. Let me just. Well, you know, you never can tell. Though there might be some illustrations, but sounds like I'm living right now. I'm living right. Now. I can't. I can't deal with this. This is too much. I am but a child of God. <laughs> I'm underaged. All right. Um. So let let's see. I mean, let's just just relax about it. Okay. Um. We might touch on a couple of sensitive things, but don't get scared. Everybody will make it alive to the end of the service. I, I just, just want to promise you. So some of you are so like tense or like nervous or and by the way, if I use case studies or scenarios, do not think I am using your story. Yeah, I don't think so. And the reason I say that is that there are there are different um, reasons that may seem like it because prophetically I get to see things or I know things generally um, and then because I'm a pastor and I've interfaced with a number of people on a personal basis so um, I know some actual piece of information that have to do with certain persons so I want to just take permission this morning I'm not going to be using your examples but because we are all humans what may have happened to you may have happened to seven, eight, twenty different people here are you getting the point? Uh, so don't say, Peter, I want to trust you. I never tell you anything. So, um, so I just want to secure your permission. All right. Glory to God. I might at some point get a bit raw or say certain things that might make you slightly uncomfortable. Um, but look at anybody say, receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Right. And look at someone say we're all here. We're just on different bands of the sex spectrum. We're all here. All right, so let's let's get to it. I think I've given you know when they want to inject you, they first of all do that thing. They do like they put that cotton wool inside spirits. Then they do that thing. It's going to be nice and smooth. Well, I can't promise that, but it's going to be helpful. Let's go real quick. Genesis chapter 2 from 19 through 25. Genesis 2, 19 through 25. The word says, Out of the ground the Lord God formed 
every beast of the field and every bird of the air. Look at your neighbor say some are beasts. Some are birds. Look at your neighbor say some of your exes were beasts. And some were birds. They looked fly but they made you fly in the wrong directions. And some of them went beast mode on you. Uh, is it too early? Is it too early? Can I go deeper? All right, maybe we should have a code. Like when I'm going too too deep, just say code red, code red, code red. That's <laughs> a code red. Off the mic or honorable. All right. So see that now. Some are beasts and some are birds. Uh, and sadly, many times before we find our Eve, many of us have done the nasty with birds and beasts. Oh yeah, I like that one, but you can make it louder. See, let me just tell you what, don't be shy this morning. If you want to say, mm, say, mm. We're not sure whether it is you. Uh-huh. Or you're just saying a communal, collective, mm. So everybody just say, mm. Say me. Say ah. Oh. And now that's been the sound somehow. Out of the ground, the Lord got from every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. Please listen. The fact that God brought something to you does not mean it's Eve. It might be a beast to help you water your field, not to plow your body. Because it was God that brought the beasts and the birds. But when you try to do with a bird, what you ought to do with Eve, <clears throat> things might fly off the cliff. So instead of you having to cleave, here you are on a cliff. My end up with Cliff orgy because of the urges. Sample are not old enough to remember Cliff orgy. Cliff orgy was an individual that was reputed to snack on human flesh and wash it down with blood. What he would call them, what would he call them? And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep. Somebody say deep sleep. To fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called man like wow another kind of man wow see her body 
has the essence. Let me be a whiskey. Whoa, man. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore, let's read the last verse together. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Only the women read that. Can the men read it louder? Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both. Oh, come on, shout the words in the Bible. You know, sometimes we're trying to edit God's book for him. So there are some ministries in this world that can never put sex on their flyer. For what? Sex. How dare you? A whole sex. You cannot respect the word. If they were to do this, they will put knowledge. How to know your wife. Then the second says will be revelation knowledge. Knowing your wife deeper in the secret place. Read that. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not what? Ashamed. Both naked and not ashamed. This morning's message is a very important why. For many reasons, number one, we see this in the very first chapter of the Bible. The nakedness, the openness, the vulnerability, the intentionality of God to ensure there were no filters and there were no barriers and there were no barricades between the man and his wife. God is not shy of your nakedness. God is not shy of naked bodies. Uh, you see, I'm still saying things now. Look and able say the blood covers this. God is not shy of naked bodies. God is not shy of that. He created naked bodies. But he created naked bodies within a context. He created physical intimacy, sexual intimacy within a context. And I don't think that the church has done enough in educating people because for some people i think maybe i don't know what percentage of persons it is let's let's do the survey real quick so that i'm not assuming if you've ever heard a message on sex not just fornication as not just don't be sleeping around as if you can sleep aside say don't if you sleep aloud you will burn in hellfire apart from those kind of warning messages and and there's power in in that truth and we'll talk about that if you've ever heard a message on sex raise your hand in church raise your hand raise your hand raise don't be shy i know some people have some people have yeah yeah, yeah. all right if you don't remember ever hearing a message um devoted to <laughs> Devoted sex, please raise your hand. Just don't be shy. Uh, it's, I'm not judging you. So it looks almost like 30 to 40 percent of people have not. All right. Now let's do another survey. If you've read about sex on a blog or uh, watch something on a vlog, uh, newspaper, magazine, talk show, you've you've heard about sex. Raise your hand. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Very right, good to see you this morning. How are you doing today? Don't worry, I'm not going to judge you. That was a Sunday on sex that we saw you. I will not judge anybody like that. Look at somebody say, for if you're a first timer, we accept you. Or a long timer. 
we embrace you. All right. So you've seen on on a magazine a talk show sex. All right, beautiful. We'll, we'll go deeper. We'll talk about those of us who have seen in other sites. Don't be shy. I have done it before. Hallelujah. What? Really? How dare you? How dare you? I'm coming for everybody. <laughs> I know all your secrets. My prophetic wisdom, a pastoral counsel, and just by mere experience. All right. So, now here's the deal. Many of us are in one of three areas regarding sexuality. Many of us. Number one, some of us are in an area of blatant ignorance. So, blatant ignorance, maybe you were raised in a very stoic environment or a highly religious environment or a very deeply cultural and traditional environment. And somehow, because of the training or the teaching or the parenting style, you just never heard the word sex in your house. I never heard the word sex in my house. And I was in that, well, I was going to say I was in that house till I was 11 or 10, went to Burton House. I'm like, no, you shouldn't have heard the word sex. By that time, I was, you know, right, right. But, but I never, none of my family members still right now as I'm speaking to you has ever had a conversation about sex with me. I mean, the outcome say, oh, okay, you are now the baby. Hey, congratulations. You didn't talk to me about what led to the baby. Oh, can we talk this morning? Oh, unless we even look good together. Right? But you already did so many bad things with other things or people, right? Before you got to that point. So, if you're like me and you never had a conversation with your dad or your mom about sexuality, throw your hands in the air. Uh, you see that now. Really, really, never, all right, never had a conversation with your dad or your mom. All right, you had with your dad? Your mom. Wow. I'm not saying that they are wanting you not to do it though. Like, let's talk. You had with your mom? Amazing, incredible. Let's celebrate all the daring dads and powerful moms who went beyond culture. It seems like a taboo. So some of us were in that place or we're still in that place or we're not sure that we're competent in sex matters. We doubt our ability to even embrace it. When we think about our marriages or our weddings, we don't think about that part. We just sort of feel like, I don't know, some people actually feel like when we get married, I mean, it's technology these days, you transfer files via infrared and Bluetooth, babies are going to be birthed by Bluetooth. Right, the man's seed is going to come into me by Bluetooth because I'm too anointed to host certain things inside my body. <laughs> right, so, so some of us are in blatant ignorance. I, I heard the story of a couple who went to a certain church, I won't mention them of the church, and um, they had been married for a month, two months, three months, six months. I think when it was getting to about a year and a year and a half, they eventually went. Um, to see the pastor. I'm like, Pastor, I'm interested in God for the fruit of the womb, but it has not happened. And so the pastor prayed and all of that. Three more months and all of that. And it hasn't happened. We're still trusting God. We're still trusting God. Guess what was literally happening? They were actually not having any kind of intercourse. 
as the body of teaching in that particular congregation is rather extreme to the point that you're told that if you actually shake people's hands something might shake into your body so if people are scared to shake or hug right because the teaching was that if you do that you have a baby after they got married they thought if we shake a body like this something will enter like that true story they're in the 20s and their 30s so there are people who are in that place of blatant ignorance right blatant ignorance and so whenever people are blatantly ignorant or when people withhold information from them and they get to a certain stage of life they try to explore they try to explore so for example if you have a, a set of cutlery someone maybe in the house or a, a dining table or something someone gives you a set of cutlery you know after some point start looking for food isn't that so if somebody gives you a car after a while start looking for fuel isn't that so if somebody gives you bread start looking for beans or egg or stew or what tea or akara because when you have a drive in your body you have a drive in your body if you're not properly educated you want to look for a driver to help you drive your car look at your neighbor say how is my driving this days <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice you know how they put on all those cars and lorries at the back if my driving is rough call this number look at your neighbor say if you have drive look at your neighbor say if you have drive you have to be careful what driver takes the steering wheel so that's the first thing complete ignorance if a sample are so scandalized right now with everything else they cannot even believe it and i've not even started i've not even started they can't even believe it now the truth is the bible never says that the truth will set you free it says you shall know the truth which means it's the knowledge of the truth that guarantees freedom it's not the presence of the truth it's the knowledge the presence of a key does not guarantee access the knowledge of how to turn it guarantees access so the second thing the second stage simple art is miseducation so blatant ignorance generally stoic environments where you're so sequestered for some of your dad said to you the day i catch you talking to a boy is the day i will disown you in this life and in the world to come But then the second the miseducation because you thought uh if i hug somebody or i shook somebody's hands something i will become pregnanted you know african magic yoruba when they are when, what do you call that thing subtitling see so yeah, the greatest comedy show is african magic yoruba subtitles just try to read what's it for my hello you Ah, she has given that girl pregnancy. <laughs> she has given that girl pregnation. She, <laughs> she impregnation my daughter. 
miseducation for many of us men and because of how offensive this is we will have to create smaller gatherings to to really tackle certain things and possibly have specialized session because there's some things i can say to a general congregation why because there's certain things married people need to know there's certain things that single people need to know and we don't want to describe certain things to a degree where some single people will become like dstv with the explorer For is that go TV? Because you know, because the antenna is high and their dish is open. So, so we'll have some of those sessions. But I'm I'm going to gener- generically, but I'm also going to tackle certain things as I want to enter in certain spaces in your mind, your psyche. So, miseducation. Um, many of us got our education from the wrong places. So, whilst I never had any family member speak to me about sexuality my dad didn't my mom didn't my brother didn't my sisters didn't right i heard you know certain random statements by uncles and some cousins from time to time around sexuality i think maybe one of the greatest miseducations i actually had about sexuality very early was stumbling on something in one of my uncle's drawers somebody's uncle was like mine because <laughs> somebody said something there but but i was so young i think i must have been about seven or eight i was so young i think that my brother knew what it was i think i i don't know whether my sister knew what it was but i don't know which of them took that thing from the pack from the pack snapped it open right and then said, balloon balloon <laughs> It means Amade doesn't know Ogun. <laughs> it basically means a, a child doesn't know it's a medicinal herb and it's calling it a vegetable. So we're blowing it and, you know, we're playing with it until the thing went bust. Boom! It took me possibly about a decade for me to have a flashback. And go like that was no balloon, <laughs> even though it was blown out of proportion. So y'all didn't get that. Miseducation, right? So we got our education from maybe naughty cousins, naughty uncles who told stories about their sex exploits and their sex capades, and you had no idea that some of those things were dropping in your subconscious mind. So they told you that ah. When I went to FGGC or FGC Odogbolu, <laughs> I was an Odogo in Odogbolu. Model College. I was modeling other things in the college. Sample got bored in the boarding house. So he decided to do something light in the dark it's okay look at neighbor who's looking very very nervous it's okay it's okay just miseducation now for some of us we heard conversations some of us stumbled on things so you were living in a small room or a small apartment face me i slap you face me they slap me 
face me, I see something. And that's why when you, when you see, when you understand poverty, our next series on wealth and riches, so we'll talk about poverty. Poverty exposes you to certain bandwidths of information you have no business knowing at a certain time in your life. Because some of you, your education was audio before it became visual. So you were maybe five children. Your parents had a one-room apartment. Whenever they were apart, you saw what they, what they meant. So as a little boy, you were in the room. But because your parents wanted to do what they needed to do. You're here. Mm. Ah, hello. I know we're laughing, but this is somebody's reality. Next morning, you want to go and meet mommy, 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 are you alright? <laughs> it's like daddy was punching you. Mommy said thank you. It's a different kind of punch. It's a very strong one. <laughs> you had no idea the impact it had on you. You had no idea. You had no idea, I'll talk more in the second series about gates. You had no idea what the, what the conversations with friends can do to you. And sometimes innocent conversations. For some of you, what happened was it wasn't your parents. It was, face me, I slap you. You walked into Brother Fatai. With Sister Moving Rats. <laughs> Sister Moving Rats. <laughs> and some of you, the rat you dealt with was not a bush rat, it was a mouse. And you clicked. We'll talk about that. <laughs> so miseducation. You were five rooms on the other side, five rooms here. You were just running, running, running as a little child. You didn't even know. Your mind everywhere looks almost alike. Then you enter. Hey, what's wrong with you? For some of you, wasn't, you weren't a child. You were already uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but like that. So when you stumbled into it, eh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So no, do you want to join us? Look at some say miseducation. 
Now, miseducation will make you miss out on the real education. Because miseducation gives you information but not wisdom. So you think you know it and how to do it. But you are actually worse off because the information you have is toxic. And it's not within the context in which God originally designed it. Are we still together? And number three, for many of us, we're in number three. So the first one is blatant ignorance. Let me also put denial there. Because some people, they're not ignorant, but they are denied, just denied champions. So how you feeling? I'm blessed in the Lord and the power of his might. You know, sometimes I ask some invasive questions if we're, if we're close. Sometimes I do. If we're very, very close. I just be like, I've asked some of you before. So how are you doing? How are, you, how are your hormones doing? How are you coping? How are you doing sexually? I remember I asked somebody a while ago, many years ago, I said, how are you doing sexually? You know what she told me? Pumping. <laughs> Long time ago. Some believe in denial. Me, I, 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 I do. I, me, me. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. Spirit of God. I'm blessed. <laughs> Number three, overexposure. And overexposure, we're now in a generation, part of why I'm doing this two messages, and maybe at some other time we'll do breakout sessions, not today, definitely. Um, some interventions possibly later on or one-to-one -one counseling because of how this thing has hydra heads and layers and sub-layers and subtitles and you know interpretations so many of them need a lot of personal attention but whatever I'm going to give you today which is generic is going to be powerful enough to for many people set people free and for other people to put you on a different kind of journey in exploring God's mandate for how this should be done. So number three is overexposure. Now, when this generation where you don't have to look for it, it's looking for you. Why do I want me? Why do I want me? I'm telling you, looking for you. Looking for you. It's around you. Favors all around me. It's around overexposure and overexposure is not only digital it's also physical because you go to weddings these days and it almost looks like the preview of porn they're like we know you already got over that you don't watch that any longer but now you have the real thing I hope I'm able to touch on it in second service because women need to help us men. So overexposure, sometimes it's physical. Advertisements. Now, some of you don't watch, watch porn, but porn watches you because... <laughs> yeah? Because some of your favorite shows have something light in it. Just, it's not a lot. It just put like, if it's like 40 minutes for that episode, just sprinkle like three and a half minutes 
of something. But you binge watch, don't you? So by the time you've watched 10 episodes, you've watched 30 minutes of porn. So it's not a loss. It just, it just showed you. It was just nipping on the nip, nip. Could, could read? You're not helping me. Are you ready for me? Or? So if I'm not ready. You say, it wasn't a law. I was just, I was just licking. <laughs> so, how many of us learn about sex? We've learned about sex from movies, from magazines, from porn, from friends, from random encounters, from things we stumbled into, from accidental conversations, from things we're not supposed to hear that we heard, things we're not supposed to see that we saw. But for us to see sex correctly, we must see through the eyes of God. We must see it through the eyes of God. It is so essential. Please write this down. Whenever I don't see anything through the eyes of God, I will seize to maximize the blessings that God intended for it. Whenever I don't see anything through the eyes of God, I will seize to maximize. It does not matter how pleasurable it may seem. It does not matter how powerful it may be, how thrilling or engaging, exciting or inciting, I have to see through the eyes of God. Now, one of the things you must understand is that God was the one who made sex. It was not man who made sex. So if there is pleasure or thrill or excitement or fun around it, there is a purpose for it. Look at some say there's a purpose for the pleasure. Now say to that neighbor, there is a reason you are fascinated about sex if you are. Now I know that there's some people here who don't even care for sex and that could be a totally different set of problems. It could be. There's some people who don't, you know, they're bored when talking about sex. Why are you talking about sex? Talk to me about another kind of sex, SEX, spiritual exercise. Spiritual examination. But the bulk of us are intrigued, challenged, inspired, uh, moved, disgustified. When it comes to sex. So some statistics from America where they keep records. Nigerian stats may be higher or less. Depending on how you go, but this is America where we have records. The average age of first sexual intercourse, can you guess what it is? 13, 12? Well, thankfully the, the world is not that bad. Because they're saying 13, then 9. So maybe very soon, one year old. Sexual intercourse, not abuse, not violation. 17 years old. Whereas most people are going to get married about 10 years later. So a lot of people will get into marriage. They get into marriage as novices, yet as sexperts. So people have more experience in sex than in marriage. Therefore, they are better at sex, yet very poor at marriage. So they belabor the innocence of marriage with the guilt of sex. Are you seeing what the problems are? 
and to further prove that great sex is not the primary requirement for a great marriage. If great sex was, then the person who has 10 years worth of experience coming into marriage should be able to guarantee the glue in that marriage. You're not helping me. Come on, don't get carried away. Are you getting the point? See, if the sex is great, if it's explosive, then we'll stay together. But how come you have 10 years worth of experience, she has 7 years worth of experience, your combined management team has 17 years of bread baking, breaking, Kimor peeling, hymen smashing. Are we ready yet? By the way, the fact that you say hi, man, does not mean you should give them your hi, man. I said, if it's too much, shout code red. Shout it louder. Are you seeing this now? So you have 17 years worth of experience in doing the deed. But in becoming, you have no experience. Because all the sex that you've had, you got. But what you need to keep your marriage is not something you get, it's something you be. Not every time. Are you getting the point? Oh, come on, somebody give me feedback. Oh, John Ugua, are you getting the point? You don't keep a marriage by getting and getting and getting. You keep a marriage by being and being and being. Said so the two shall become one flesh. Become. So if I'm already used to having and having my way and having my pleasure uh, fulfilled and having my preferences gratified and having and having, I come into the marriage desperate to have but impotent to become so when I don't have my way in the marriage I go away from the marriage oh who's that person supporting the message with a clap I appreciate it are you seeing this 17 years of age 17 see this how many people how many women engage in sex before marriage women are you ready for this 74% that's huge now why do you ask me look at America because Africa has a way of importing American culture and it's really Nigerians that imported first then Ghana will copy Nigeria Charlie Charlie Whilst they're competing about jollof rice, they're actually turning humans to jollof rice that they're chopping. And instead of other things rising, I said if it's too much, just say code red. I don't know why some of you are just looking. Can we demystify? One of the challenges that some people are having right now is this is the first time this is being discussed in a group. You discuss it with yourself. You paint scenarios in your mind. Oh, come on, guys. 
Let me tell you about this morning. If you give me feedback, I suspect you. If you don't give me feedback, I suspect you. So just... does not mean they don't know. So, let me bring you home. If we count, one, two, three, four. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, so- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If we count. Because, see, see, it's easy for all of us to say, oh, no, I've never watched porn. Oh, I've never masturbated. Oh, no, I've never had premarital sex. But the statistics are showing something else. So where are these people from? What? Do you get what I'm saying? Look at your neighbor and say, I know this is quite uncomfortable. But we are all here. And we're going to find freedom today. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody give God praise for that. I'm not saying this to diminish it. I'm, sh- I'm showing you the gravity. Because what Peter says to the church, he said there is no temptation. Rather, a Paul, there's no temptation that is not common to man. So if you're tempted, it is common to man. He said Elijah was a man of like passions. You know, many times you just see that passion as prayer. You've not come out of such prayer meeting and your body. Ilama. You had prayed yourself into a state. <laughs> the blood was flowing, and it was not the blood of Jesus this time. Whether you like be looking at your phone as I'm speaking. I'll just think it's because you should look at your phone to learn these things. As a matter of fact, this number increased in subsequent years with some 74% of men who turned 15 in 1994 through 2003. So, calculate. Engaging in sex before marriage by the age of 20. Now, the impact of that is that even if you were not 15, by 1994, you had a big sister, a big auntie, or somebody who just smelled of seduction. Or looked. And some of people in your lives, maybe friends, who are spending money that you cannot trace how it is coming. So I have clients. I have clients in Dubai. I have clients in Singapore where I can sing whilst they pour. Don't let me. <laughs> Can you believe the average number of partners for men? Let's come to the table for men. 6.1. The average American man in Nigeria, my more or less. Prayerfully, hopefully less. But 6.1. Some of you, you've lived such reckless lives sexually. That you have contributed significantly to the statistics. Because some of you are 6.1. At least you can count. 
What do you see of your soul when you've lost count of your body count? <laughs> because from counter to counter, they can count on you. For counter feet. The feet. F E A T. Count of feet. F E I T. I love the smile on your face. Thank you very much for the smile. It's encouraging me. I know what you're thinking in your heart, but I wouldn't say. But seriously, I'm not even joking. But it's good. But hug. Virtual hug. Can we, can we do that? 6.1. Look at a man beside you and say, mm. Yeah, the man beside me. <laughs> Can we go deeper? Let's see what people were doing with their hands this in the last one month. Sixty percent of men this month. Oh, when the saints were watching me. Oh, yes, I once was in the number. I know that some people are like, I'm about to die in the service now. Because, can you imagine? How can this pastor be talking about my secrets? You see, the thing is, the thing is... Everybody breathe, breathe. <laughs> Let it out. <laughs> Some people are hyperventilating right now. It's like I'm using everything in my world to hold myself together. You know the people that I'm just like, what are you like? Be doing what you're doing. Some people are just looking at their phone. You know that moment, offering time. Now when they do and pass, it's time to honor the Lord without giving. I'm not talking about people that do transfers. I'm talking about people that are just all of a sudden remember a text message. That's so crucial. It must be read. 60% of men masturbated this month. Master bather. They bathe their master. This month. The <laughs> Is that I've got too much to give. I can't keep it to myself. Now, wow. Where are these people? Look at it. We say, where are these people? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All these people, where are they sharing this? Where, where are they? Even the lights could not take it any longer. All right. All the women say, ah. Masturbation is a, is a man's problem. Hmm. Fire. Let's look at the women's stats. Women's stats. What's going on here? Women? Give us women. 37.8% of women. 
Mistress Bitted. Yeah, you, get, you get a master. I like the way people are taking pictures of this with me behind. <laughs> In front of. I'm, you have to. No. <laughs> You can't feel free. It's just funny, but feel free. <laughs> feel free, feel free. Yeah, no jokes. Feel free. I'm preaching. I'm not. You know, you know, Cooper. People can be very funny. You say, young, dynamic, and creative pastor leads congregation astray by touting statistics. Let everybody here um, preaching and help trying to help people. All right, so 37.8% of women masturbated this month. That's not a testimony, but it happens to be true. The numbers may be higher even now. All right, now final statistics, and now we'll go to the, why it's such a big deal and the purpose of sex. Final statistics, 6% of men reported having sex with another man. Now, I don't think the church is ready to have certain conversations. We are not yet ready. So I'm trying to help. Let me see whether I can. I don't know if I stand a chance. But let me begin to sort of like initiate certain conversations. Because I will not in any way be startled. If there is a man under the sound of my voice who falls in this category. I will not be startled. Now this is me also trying to let you know. If you come up to me with sexual struggles or challenges. I will not be shocked. Well, don't let me be too boastful because I don't know what you've done. Because <laughs> I once told somebody, trust me, you can tell me anything. It's a pastor, are you sure? So I got you. I was a very young pastor. Very, very young. So, you know, when you're very, very young, you have this spiritual arrogance that feels like you have capacity to handle everybody. So the person told me I've slept with somebody and the person's mother. I said, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 did he? What? Uh, uh, I've heard all sorts of. This is my ears. As I have to punch my soul constantly. Six percent of men. So if you're struggling with that, we want to help. We want to help. Um, and second service, I, I believe God will help me. I will show you the scientific aspects of it. Not just not just the spiritual. Problem. Many people think it's just a spiritual problem. There's also a psycho, uh, the uh, scientific aspects of it, the neurological aspects of it, which your body learns by practice. And so, even if a foul spirit is expelled or cast out or dealt with, because your body has learned it, then you don't need a demon to get you to do it. By the way, a demon can never get you to have sex. Their jurisdiction ends at the border of temptation. Oh, y'all not get what I'm saying. Some of y'all not get what I'm saying. When I used to watch things I ought not to watch, there was never a demon that stepped into my room. Boom, 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 boom. Pick the mouse, boom. Never. 
It was enticement. It was seduction. It was persuasion. The enemy can invite you to his party, but he's never going to force you there. Except you are possessed. And somebody can be possessed. Believers cannot be possessed in terms of occupation. But a believer can manifest compulsive behavior by virtue of possession of their faculties, not by occupation, but by preoccupation. What that means is a demon cannot abide in a believer because the Holy Spirit is too big to share a flat with another spirit. The Holy Ghost don't cohabit. Oh, some of you are, I thought you guys are going to. He doesn't. So he will never share an apartment with a demon spirit. However, a demon spirit can seduce and entice a being. A believer. To the point where through willful surrender of your soul and your body, there are now traps and patterns in your thinking that are as real as the deed. Oh yeah. And so it becomes an internally installed app that drives you. And this is the deal. Every believer that I know has struggled with something on that scale. It is not always sexual. It's not always sexual. But there's usually an addictive or compulsive pattern that a believer must go through into a certain level of spiritual maturity. And Paul went through his own. We're not told what the details of it was. But when he said the things I want to do, I can't do. The one way I know one do. I like the way you do me, do me, do me. It's not in the text, but that's modern version. Am I getting ready? This is just orange, not yet red. Because you're not ready. I'm just warming you up for second, second service. <laughs> so, what is it I must see it the way God sees it? So why did God create sex? Why all these exciting things about sex? Imagine almost any time you talk about sex, somebody comes animated, somebody is excited, or something in your body is excited. Why? Because sex is a powerful force. Can I just please take a moment celebrate everybody who sent a message on the group, asked for questions, and you guys warmed my heart with the quality of the questions. Loved it. Loved it. Can you clap better? Love the questions. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask some of the questions in the teachings, but maybe in the second sentence before I start teaching, I might take some actual questions and then ask, right? But beyond today, I'm also thinking of sharing certain links on the group that will help people that have to do with sexual patterns and pornography and masturbation and some of those other things that I wish I had discovered as a teenager, but have saved me years of shame and guilt and remorse and promising God that you will never do it again. Who's ever been there? God! See, tears arise. I come on bended knees. Oh, God. If I do that, if I watch it again, Lord, love my life, I go 1% blind. Whereas angels be like, I've seen it before. It is a law. You cannot override a law with tears. 
And once that law is installed in your being, you must obey it. I didn't understand how. Can I be struggling with this until God showed me you need another law to override that law. It's called the law of spirit and life in Christ Jesus. Whether all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. The freedom comes when you reclaim your freedom to choose. So I can see it and not focus on it. I can see it. It does not move me. It can pop up, but I can pop it down. Some people, it's been popping up, popping up, popping up, popping up, and I in the popcorn business. <laughs> but there's help today. So what, what did God create uh, sex for? Number one, God created sex for pleasure and positive vibes. Yeah. He created it. How do I know? Please, let's go to Revelation 4 verse 11. Revelation 4 verse 11 here. Sex, for those who've had it, and those who've had solo sex, which is a form of sex. Solo, yeah, solo sex. You're not doing collabo. It's just a single. You wax the album in the studio of your mind. You had a demo. Demo. You did the solo, then the backup. Multi-track recording. Is the silence for me? <laughs> Everything can bamboozle me. I've been through it. So I'm now moved. I'm spirit. Even me. I'm I'm spirit. You see that this is one of the reasons I this is one of the reasons I really prize authenticity. I really prize it. Um, because a lot of us have never had surgery. So what we do is that we're taking a bony key for cancer problems. We have ointment for surgery problems. Some of us have learned to decorate the tumors in our lives. And because we have tumors in our souls, see, just two more, two more, two more. Let me do it two more times. Lord, after this two, just God, you know I've tried. Just give me two more. I'm almost there. God created it for pleasure and positive vibes because for those who have experienced sex or solo sex or anything on the bandwidth of sex, then you know that there's a thrill and there's a rush. I don't need you to bear me witness because one of you oh yes, it's true. Oh yeah, that's it. Come on, let it out. Oh yeah, more. More, more. There's a thrill, isn't, isn't there? Who created the thrill? Was it the devil that created a thrill? Who created a thrill of it? God. So look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to have hot sex. Maybe you're not saying that. Look at someone and say, God wants you to have hot sex. The right way. The right time. With the right person.
They settle up in some condition wrongly that even after they meet the right person and it's the right time, then what they do? The thing God for Jehovah overdo. There's nothing he knows he do. Are we getting this now? No one can do the things you do when you do 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 the things you so it's actually Proverbs 5, Proverbs 5, 18 to 19. 5. I missed out the 5 in, in the script. God wants you to have great, intense, ravaging, mind busting, wall cracking, pill peeling, duvet drenching, sex. Dami Pen looks completely scandalized. <laughs> I can't believe this is my namesake of a pastor. Some of you are just weirded out over nothing. Hiding from yourself. There is a part of your core that is so at peace right now that you've heard it from your pastor. So could it be possible? God doesn't really want to enjoy. He just wants it to be functional. Enter, we'll come out. Mama and Kechi, Ola, open. <laughs> Do like this. <laughs> Look at what it says. Let your fountain be blessed. Now, when I'm talking about fountain here, stop thinking. Don't just think about like, oh, like God is so horticulturally intelligent. He loves gardens and flowers. We're talking about fountain. You know, fountain? At the point where some people call the name of their Lord and Savior. Is this helping somebody? I need to know, is he helping somebody? Truth is freeing. So, my purpose in the first is I want to free you to be able to confront it. Confront the reality of it, the pleasure of it, the pain of it, the errors of it. Because when you have that tight-chested thing, that's why some people, they have heart problems because I'm not even joking. Because there's a truth they're trying to suppress. And truth is too powerful to be suppressed by religion. Or culture. Or denial. Or personal preference. Or shyness. It's going to come out. Let your little be Timothy, Timothy goes straight to the point. Your sex life will be blessed as you take joy and pleasure. Some say pleasure. Say pleasure. Say pleasure. In the wife of your what? I won't teach more in the second service, but please listen. I want to please realize something that is a misnomer in the culture, and the misnomer in the culture is that many people have the wife of their 30s and their middle age. You were supposed to marry somewhere between your late teens and your early twenties. 
including men. You rejoice in the wife of your youth. It's only in Nigeria that you're 47 who says still a young man. Isn't that so? Bible times, youth, they were teenagers. Says the youth watch in the field, go and study the Bible times. They were teenagers. So you are supposed to get married somewhere in your late teens. What has happened is because of the industrial complex, the evolution of the economy, the fact that there's now 6334 plus 1234 XYJQ. That's the X, the J, the Q, right? J is Jackpa, Q is Quest. So, but before, whilst you did your bar mitzvah at 12 going on 13, you were a man. You could represent the household. And guess what? Shortly after that, you learn a trade. You are set free. Freedom. Spoke about two or so Sundays ago. You have a place to live. Then you marry a wife. So that shortly after puberty, there should be a test period that talks about your readiness to handle your fountains when you're with the wife of your youth. But God never wanted that fire to keep burning. It started burning at 13. Then he started listening to Burner Boy. Then he felt like burning the boy. Proverbs says, can a man keep fire in his what? Both will not be consumed. Some of you, the fire was in your bosom. Now it's in your breast. Now it's in your... It's everywhere. Your fire. I can feel it in my hands. I can... Because it was supposed to burn for a while. You get a grip of the burning. And then you burn somebody up with it. In fact, you roast her. You finish her. Incinerate her. Then out of the ashes like a phoenix. Then you go again. Oh, can I talk right now? Doing laughter is one of the most encouraging things for me in the message. It's from the heart. I love guttural laughter. I like, Give it to me like belly laughter. Is this making sense? Why would God want to tempt you for 10 years? Set tests for a season. But now the world is so challenging. You need money. You need a roof over your head. So there is something called sublimation. Where you channel your sexual drive and energies towards productive means. Because sex is like fire. It may be difficult to control, but it's easy to control when you have a place for it. A fireplace. And you can control the fuel in it. Some of us don't know it's like fire. We thought it was just sweat. Something I produce. <laughs> Sex is not something you produce. Sex is something that produces you. So it's more powerful than your womb. If your will is not aligned with the will of God. Sex predates you. You can't outdate it. But you can date your way into it. So me. 
Not this thing that technically that. It's not that me. That's exactly what David told some people some years before. Until Sister B showed up. Bathsheba. And partitioned his life. Some folks don't know what that is. I know why why is everybody on social media acting like Like they're pressing out to use a big latrine. That's a close. <laughs> Look at your neighbor. Say, don't. Say, don't let anybody partition your life. Give me a tip of tea. Give me a tip of tea. Proverbs 5. Give me a tip of tea. Pleasure and positive vibes. And there's something called doze. D-O-S-E. Doze. D-O-S-E. Your sex life will be blessed as you take joy and pleasure in the wife of your youth. So your sex life may be exciting and not be blessed. Blessing is the endorsement, the empowerment, the long-lasting enrichment that comes as a result of you engaging the glue of intimacy with the right person at the right time. What's the next verse real quick? Verse 19. Help me, help me. Let you see that now. Look at neighbor, see let her breast. Anyway, see. If you like performing for me, some of you are not saying it, but now you don't touch pass. Am I savage this morning? Stop it. I like it. If you had this kind of conversation at 13 or 14 or 15, do you know you most likely would have made fewer mistakes? Because whenever you mystify anything, then the curiosity quotient goes very high. And people want to unravel it. So let's unpack it. So that we can see which one is shimmy, which one is ashobura, which one is pata. It's too hard. <laughs> Bami said, This is too hard for me. I'm, 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 uh, I'm lovingly invasive. That is because I know the transformational power of invasive love. I know it's very uncomfortable for many of you. Years ago, this would have been very, very uncomfortable for me. But when you have been in a theater as a GP, then you become a surgeon. And you see the gangrene that people are carrying about. Just people walking like this, walking like ah, this. person, your walk is not straight. So Abraham was walking. He was walking before God like this. 
Go to Abraham. Walk before me and be thou perfect. In other words, if God like caught into some private areas of your life and examine what is causing this walk, you are calling style, but it's not rhythmical, so it's not style. Something is pinning you somewhere. So we need to fix it. Are you getting there? I'm not trying to be rude or uncouth. I know sometimes it may seem like I'm just being raw. But is it better to be raw and done than parboiled and undone? You know when you parboil the meat, when they're eating the meat, blood will start flowing inside your mouth. They're like, ah, it's not communion meat I'm eating. This is wine of blood. I don't understand. Let her, let's put it together so you don't feel wet. Let her bless. Oh, you're not saying that. You got to say it louder now. And let her embrace and intoxicate you at all times. Now, listen, please. When he says let her, now, if something is guaranteed to happen, I don't have to let it. So for me to let it, sometimes the thing is not intoxicating. But let it. Oh, you're not getting that. Why am I saying this? If you're single and you think marriage is the ultimate aphrodisiac, say, ah, me, I'm holding myself. Lebole lebo. Kaluma kasha. You're doing push up. See, my wife will hear it. We will do it everywhere. On the wall, in the hall, at fall, on a ball. We'll be rolling, rolling, rolling. There will be some days. If you're not careful, weeks. If that gets into month, we need to pray and counsel and intervene. Well, that's not what's happening to you or what you're thinking about. Because again, life is bigger than sex. Be continually delighted and ravished with her love. Number two, why does God give us sex? Number two is protection. God gives us sex for protection. I'm going to get a bit graphic. I think that I've, I think you're all in the rhythm of my flow today, right? I mean, like if you're not in the rhythm. Uh, then you might just keep it cool in the city. Um, and I mean, thank you for inspiration. Because all the radios in Lagos, Tiwa, Tiwa, and it's it. Only seven people got it, but I appreciate the, the yeah. <laughs> Number two is protection. Let me get graphic. Protection. God gave us sex to protect us, to give us a safe space for our fire to burn. Because some of you have more fire than other people. And might talk about it in second service. Libido. Uh, Sounds like all the words I've never heard in church I've heard today. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't say Thank <laughs> you. 
<laughs> is the name Elsie? Is that the name? What's your name? Pardon? Effie. Effie, I remember you came a while ago and then you didn't. Yeah, it's, let's celebrate Ever today. Yeah, I remember. I remember. And then we connected on Instagram and then I lost my page and all of that. All right. Is this too heavy for Evie? Is it too heavy? It's, it's not. It's just, is he okay or too light? Is it okay? All right. Protection. When a man and a woman are having their interview, sorry, uh, and uh, doing this. The man's keyboard, I mean organ, goes in. <laughs> when, it, when it goes in, the woman is on the outside. That thing on the outside, that precious thing, is a protective device. It's supposed to protect him. Pass key. Firewall. Pardon? It's a wall. So the you say how? I'm saying physically. That's what it is physically. Why? I ask him why. <laughs> You man of God, please. <laughs> see, see. You know, everybody knows that she's one of my favorite daughters. If I can use the expression, so people will not start thinking, what is that? <laughs> please, don't ask me. Say, <laughs> so why? Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's protective physically right but when that happens there are other things that are happening spiritually so I know somebody asked a question is sex physical, is it emotional, is it mental is it spiritual, is it all of the above the, question, the answer is it's all the reason it is all is that even though sex is physical it is the gateway to many spiritual things don't forget that you were formed as a result of sex. So your mind came through sex. Your emotions came through sex. Your spirit came from God into a body through sex. Therefore, the devil seeing that for generations says, I can transfer spiritual realities through a physical action. So this explains why, we'll talk about more in second service, why somebody can have sex and then inherit the problems of the person they slept with it's not as mystical it's just the way it is if you are in connection then I can transfer stuff the connection can be bluetooth it can be uh, infrared it can be wifi as long as there is a connection on a sexual level there can be a transfer. 
In fact, how many of you know that even on an emotional or mental level, there can be a transfer? Have you noticed that many people in kings now do wordplay? It's a transfer. When it's done spiritually, it's impartation. When it's done by bonding, it's social impact or social influence. You just pick up stuff because of the connection. So many times when you like people, you start using their slangs or seeing things through them or completing their statements. So it's not some kind of mystical, I mean, the devil is smart enough to say, you know, uh, Tim, do you look like your dad or your mom? Who do you look like, your dad or mom? Dad. So Tinu's dad, come. Tinu's dad does, you know, did uh, impartation with the mom. And then, and then, Tinu comes out looking like the dad. So the devil goes, there is something about this that can uh, condense and transfer attributes that are invisible in the visible realm. So whenever you do sex outside of God's ordination, you can use condom, but you have no protection. Because the protection is not latex. The protection is the glory of God. And the fact that you use rubber does not mean elastic. Some of you aren't already. Protection. So there's a place for the fire. It says drink water. You can go to Proverbs 5, I think verse 15 or so. It said drink water from your own cisterns. My son, share your love with your wife alone. By love there is talking about sexual love. Sexual expression. Drink from her well of pleasure and from no other. Now let me mention this. The human being is like the tabernacle that God made in the Old Testament. The tabernacle that God designed in the Old Testament, outer court, inner court, most holy place. In the outer court, you are natural light, which is the sun that provided the light in the place. In the inner court, you had man-made light, which was the candles that priests would light up. And in the most holy place, you had the glory of God, the Shekinah of God. Now, the outer court, everybody could come, people could come and come for their sacrifice and all whatnot. In the inner court, then you have the priests that could come. And then the most holy place, only one person could come. Look at somebody say, your body is really a temple. Shout loud and say, your body is really a temple. So what's the outer court? The outer court is like your body. People can see your body. People can maybe shake hands with you. Some people can hug you and all of that. That's your outer court. Somebody say outer court. Your inner court is your soul. Fewer people are authorized to get into your soul. So as a believer, don't take outer court people into the inner court. In other words, don't form even strong mental and emotional bonds with people who are not priests. Because only priests are supposed to have access to the showbread in the inner court. Oh yeah, they're getting this. Because priests understand portions. Because they live off portions. So they understand the honor behind portions. Are you getting this? The most holy place, only one person could enter. Look at your neighbor and say, only one person can enter certain places in your life. Say, only one person should enter. 
Look at your neighbor and say, if your body is like a keyboard, only one finger can press enter. Digest it, digest it, digest it. Uh, like, caps lock. <laughs> Number lock. Now, when Jesus died, don't forget, there was a veil from the top to the bottom. And when Jesus died, the veil was torn. Because the most holy place, come on somebody, had so much glory that God didn't just want people to carry a knife and tag it, tag it, tag it, tag it, tag it, tag it. That's after the person had paid the price of giving you their life, then you can enter. So the veil is like the hymen that God gave the woman. That only one person was supposed to break it. The protection is covenant based. Are you following? Because covenants were sealed in blood. Genesis 15 told Abraham, bring turtle doves and bring this and that and cut them in half and then there's going to be a burning lamp that's going to move between them. In other words, shed blood. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And so you don't seal a covenant without blood. So the reason God gave the woman the hymen, which is a blood tissue or a blood film, is that the same way, come on somebody, the same way a car has a seal and a bottle of drink has a seal and medicine has a seal, God sealed your sexuality because it's supposed to be a car to carry somebody into the right places. It's supposed to be a medication for therapy for, are you getting what I'm saying? Now I know many people, the seal has been removed. But look at neighbor. Say no judging. But if you have the seal, keep it on. So y'all be like, oh my seal is still there. Are you sure? Because they didn't use the penis. But maybe they used the pen. Or they use, or you use the toy to toy or toil. You don't like small chops, but you do finger foods. <laughs> I need to close the service. I feel like people need a break right now. Could you use a break right now? <laughs> break. The conference is too hot. But it's just making sense. It's giving you God's perspective. And some of you men, you'll be like, it's just the tip, just the tip. You didn't say the best is yet to come. Say so this taster session. I'm not too big at the head. <laughs> See, at the end of the service, Pilan, we're going to have to download this message, then put a big X-rated, because actually, like, very big X-rated on it, or I don't know, is it X-rated or what? R18. I don't even know. 
I just want to help my people. Because for some of you, curiosity, the first time I saw porn was curiosity. Somebody said something that said something, said something, and your brain has a sneaky way of remembering information at critical moments. The devil just remind you, ah, remember what they said. Hmm. Let's see what's happening these days. And these days become weeks. Weeks become months. Before you know it, two, three years, you're stuck in a web. I mean, yeah, you go on vacation. You do summer holiday. You go on sabbatical. Months can pass. But you still come back. Because there's a Lord working you. Let's pray. Let's pray. I'll continue second service. So many things have been said this morning. But there's still so many things to be said, right? But God has a plan for all of us. God has a plan for all of us. And God has factored in your vulnerabilities because you see, I pray I'm able to get the time to say it in the second service. This battle is such a huge and deep struggle that for some of us is more intense than others because of our composition. Even without seeing porn, some of us, our minds are so creative that you can create your own movie. And then imagine when you compound that with certain things that you see on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube and it's just so assaulting on the mind. It's okay if you want to cry at this point. It's okay. But what I don't want to do is I don't want to pretend before God. I don't want you to pretend before God. You know the coloration of your own challenges. Whether they are cyclical You know it. If there's a pattern, you know it. If there's denial, you know it. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we reclaim, we reclaim by surrendering the lies the lies that we have believed the pain that we have caused other people by virtue of our carelessness You pray in your own way. Say, God, help me. If that's all you can see at this time, Lord, Lord, help me. Lord, help me with this area of my life. I've missed it. I've missed some things, God. But, but we can start over. Can, can you say, God, I just appreciate you speaking to me. I just appreciate you talking to me. I just appreciate you. Neho Rina no 
and I surrender my all to you. I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my mind to you. I surrender my emotions to you, God. Take me on a journey. Take me on the journey of restoration and sanctification and purification. Take me on the journey of right alignment and perfect alignment. Take me on a journey of cleanliness and sanctification. turn away from the idols in our hearts we turn away from the idols 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 we turn away we turn away and we turn to you the fountain of living water the fullness of life the portrait of perfection the one whose love is so incisive and so transformational thank you father Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you as we go on this journey, God. You will help us. You will help us, Lord, to, to heal. We turn away and we come with repentance today. For the times we have surrendered our bodies and our minds to sin, to violate your perfect plan and purpose. We turn away, God. We turn away. And we say, Lord, we are sorry. For breaking you, Lord. Thereby breaking ourselves in ungodliness and immorality and impurity. Lord, we receive your help. And Lord, we know this conversation doesn't end here, so we open the doors of our lives. Invade us, get into the private spaces, get into the corners, get into the rooms, get into the pantries, get into the places that we've locked up, get into the conversations we don't want to remember, get into it and, and expunge, extract everything impure and everything ungodly and unholy and the sin that so easily besets us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing. Thank you for purification. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Can you even be louder? Did someone get something useful today?